Hi, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast for Friday, January the 15th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about the continued fallout from the January 6th insurrection attempt, including the impeachment of President Trump and Arkansas connections. We'll also talk about the legislature getting underway and immediately advancing a stand-your-ground bill out of committee. And, of course, we'll talk about the latest on the COVID-19 pandemic and vaccination efforts. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Afternoon. So, uh, 10 days after the the coup attempt at the U.S. Capitol, and uh, it, it really it seems worse now than it did uh, as it was happening and in, in the in the days and the immediate days afterwards since we last talked about it. I mean, all the video feed that's coming out um, it, it and and reporting um, it it seems like a real disaster was very narrowly averted. And of course, Bob. Bob. Yeah, it was uh, not just a goof. Uh, there's a growing body of evidence that there were people in that crowd, and I don't mean to, to, to say everybody who went to the Trump rally falls into this category, but who were intent on if they had found Mike Pence or leaders of Congress, they might have kidnapped him and assassinated him. There, there were some seriously dangerous people in this crowd. And, and I think that probably contributed to the fact that there were 10 Republicans who joined in the House vote for impeachment and why there's a great deal of sentiment among Republicans in the Senate to uh, not protect Trump when he comes to trial in the Senate, if he does. So it, it was a terrible thing. And and and, and there, there continues to be the same kind of resentment that simmers in the country. There's still talk of further uh, demonstrations. They're having to take an extraordinary number of security measures in Washington because of chatter about revolutionary type activities. You don't find a lot of remorse on the part of people who are involved. And of course, this is a product of four years of lies and talk of election fraud. And and frankly, there's still a lot of people in Arkansas politics who are who are encouraging this. Leslie Rutledge, Attorney General, is still in an active lawsuit in Pennsylvania. Uh, Senator Kim Hammer issued a statement on on Facebook that said the impeachment vote is a, a vote to go to war with the Democrats. He said, "Now I don't mean violence, but it's exactly this kind of rhetoric." That, that set events in motion at the Capitol. So the, the times are not good and they're not immediately getting better. Uh, we talked about Richard Barnett, the man who lives outside or lived outside of Gravit, who uh, was arrested after he was photographed with his feet on the desk of Nancy Pelosi. Some charges have been added related to him carrying a stun gun. So he's now facing I think, 11 years. Uh, but there was another prominent arrest this week. Yeah, a guy named Peter Stager from Conway uh, was identified through a video and including from his own spoken words on a video, some violent sorts of words, is having been involved in, in, the, in a group that, that attacked a, a Washington, D.C. police officer who was trying to keep the mob out of the Capitol. Stager uh, is charged with being a man who had a big pole or stick and had an American flag mounted on it and beat the officer. He is quoted by an informant as saying he didn't he thought he was Antifa, which is is not credible based on his comments. And also, the the officer he beat was uh, wearing a police jacket with big letters on the back of it that you could see. But in any event, he was arrested in Conway last night. 
one of the interesting things was a video Mitch uh, McCoy of KARK got of the booking of him into the Pulaski County Jail last night. And it was just like old home week. Everybody was real friendly with Peter Stager. And he was telling some drinking stories and saying, be safe, y'all, and giving a kind of a, a fist pump. And, you know, you just really wonder if it was a Black Lives Matter protester being booked into the jail, if it would have been such a convivial setting. He was seen looking through papers and a laptop on a desk he was sitting at. It was it, it was a really remarkable scene. I don't know quite what to make of it, but in any event, he's in custody, and that's a good place for him to be. Uh, and then you've done a lot of reporting uh, until today. I think you've alone been uh, reporting on uh, a couple of Arkansas State uh, troopers who attended. Yeah, two two Arkansas troopers took leave from their jobs. Uh, uh, Karen Clark, who's a corporal in the Administrative Office of Highway Patrol in Little Rock, and uh, Alan Aiken, who's a trooper uh, stationed in Lowell in northwest Arkansas, took leave to go to the rally. And, and, and did a lot of uh, social media posting about going there. They both are, are clearly Trump supporters, and it's legal to go to a rally. It's legal to be a Trump supporter. The, the problem came uh, in, in two ways. Number one, Clark uh, gave both a lengthy written statement on Facebook and a video in which she de- described in great detail uh, going to the rally, listening to Trump's speech, she said she was not violent and she thinks the violence was caused by agitators and not by true Trump people and so on. But then she marched along with the crowd, said it was quite ex- exciting in the Capitol. She described seeing the pink smoke being released from the building. She described seeing people climbing over uh, <clears throat> scaffoldings to get into the building. She described seeing people dressed in military garb moving in a line through the crowd. She thought maybe this was these were the bad actors and not really truly Trump people. She uh, described going into an area that she said probably was a restricted area, but a lot of people had gone there and she didn't and and that she eventually went back to her hotel room. So she places herself at the Capitol in in both a written and a video comment. And there's a point while I'm getting to here. Aiken is a real nutcase. I mean, he had some stuff on Twitter that just some really sort of incendiary comments about the events and in response to people who said some pretty incendiary things. And he has a record of being a hothead. He got involved in a, in a bad incident in a chase several years ago in which he got disciplined for. Well, in any case, one of the things he said was is he believed this was all done by Antifa's, that, that there weren't really any Trump people involved in the riot. And he made the comment that the Senate cameras seemed to be set in a way to get great shots of everybody. Did that mean he was there or that he was not there? Don't know. State police has stonewalled on me this all week, and the Governor Hutchinson also has. Well, just a few minutes ago, Channel 7, which finally followed the story nobody else had until they did, apparently got comments from Governor Hutchinson, who wouldn't talk to me, who said Colonel Bill Bryant, the head of the state police, had done an internal investigation and decided that they only went to the rally and did not go to the Capitol. Well, in both cases, and and Aikens, one of his posts said, I was there, I know they were Antifa. Well, maybe he was only speaking about the rally, but Clark's own words was she was at the Capitol. So, I, I, I mean, there's some more questions about this. Tom Mars, the former state police director, has gotten real interested in it and has stirred up helped me, provided some help in identifying the troopers who were there. The state police didn't even want to say that. They said, it's not our business who was there and what people do on leave is not our business. We're not going to investigate. Well, apparently they did something and they're going to whitewash them. And 
and again, I have no knowledge that they did anything wrong, but I do know they were there. I do know that they were in a position, potentially, Clark took video. Maybe she has video of those guys who were walking. People are looking for this line of guys that were seen moving through the crowd in military gear. Maybe she has video. I think she has an obligation, and the state police have an obligation to bring it forward, and I, I think they've been, been derelict all week long on this. Mars, in a tweet, I believe, maybe it was a comment on the Arkansas blog, talked about when he was uh, state state police uh, chief, um, head of the state police, that he had a, I forget his exact language, but it was essentially a no wing nuts policy. It was a batshit crazy rule. Okay. That, that if, if you had people that you thought were batshit crazy, you didn't put them on the street. I mean, you, you might keep them, but you, you wouldn't put them in a job where, where they might put the public at risk. A lieutenant tried to get this, file a complaint against this guy Aiken in 2017 saying he was a, he was a liability to the agency and a risk to public health. This was a lieutenant that Aiken had run over, misidentifying him as a suspect, and, and, and hit him with his vehicle and left him injured. So, in, so in any case, I mean, that, he's not on trial for that now, and that's been that's been done. But uh, and again, I I just don't understand why there was such a reluctance to know exactly what happened, given that agencies all over the country are looking into these sorts of things because there were the reporting shows that there were a lot of police and military actors in the crowd that did bad things and acted in ways that, that demonstrated they used tactics they learned in their jobs. And I, I just think that we want to know for sure that, that our people are beyond reproach. That just doesn't, doesn't seem like an unreasonable thing to ask. Okay, well, as a segue to our next uh, segment, you, you had an item this week about the, the worst person in Arkansas, and that was Trent Garner after a pair of, <laughs> tweets that he yeah, this was early in the week he did some more stuff throughout the week but early in the week where he t he talked about the the riot uh, but he didn't see it that way no i can't i can't even i can't remember what stupid thing he said now but it was it was i mean he uh, he's he's uh he says trump's not going away and trump's a great guy and the people who were defending him are doing the right thing i don't think he defended violence but you know he's he is always a guy who seems he's at the point of losing his temper and, and doing something rash but i don't know but in any event uh he his his glory moment came when the legislature opened with uh with gun bill yeah so he uh he tweeted that Trump is one of the greatest presidents in modern history. There was election fraud in 2020. There was far more left to center violence in America. Right uh, of center. Trump supporters and ideas are here to stay. Uh, but he, he also had, and I'll see if I can find it, so, something about that uh, you couldn't call what happened a riot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is all part of this revisionist thing that the right wing is doing, that there, were, that there were some bad actors there, but they weren't their people. And it was all staged to make them look bad. It's, it's just craziness. It's, it's, and unfortunately, you know, there's a significant number of people who believe it. He, he said, oh, okay, here it is. So he said that uh, I'm seeing some legislators worried about safety at the Arkansas State Capitol next oh. week. Buck up and stop cowering. It's more dangerous in downtown Little Rock on a random day than it is at the Capitol during this made-up insurgency. Yeah, more dangerous in downtown Little Rock than a place where five people died. I, you know, I, I don't know. 
I mean, really, he's unfit to be a, a state senator, but we're stuck with him. So, yeah, the, then uh, I suppose the biggest news of the week was was not surprising, and that was that the standard ground bill, bill passed out of a committee that Garner and other ultra-conservative uh, state senators are part of. Well, right. I mean, this was a given. The, the, the committee is controlled by sponsors of the bill. It was going to come out of committee what, whenever it happened. And I, I think they, they may have sponsorship of majority of the Senate and, 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 and a significant number in the House. The interesting thing was, is this was staged to be the very first piece of real business the legislature did, that they, they had a meeting of that committee on what was an organizational day for all the other committees, specifically for the purpose of jamming this out as quickly as possible. They tried to suspend the rules to get a vote on it on the Senate floor the very next day, and they fell a few short votes short of getting the two-thirds needed to do that. But this was just a show of gun lobby might. And Bob Ballinger and the NRA lobbyists sat there and talked without masks on and laughed at and disputed the factual testimony from gun safety test people. And, and it was, you know, it's, it's just an ed, it's a sad illustration. I'm afraid of how this whole legislative session is going to go. It's just going to be a horror show. But, but, uh, the, 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 there are two other sad things about this. One particularly is, is that the saddest is, is the prosecuting attorneys association, which opposed this legislation two years ago has agreed to stand down uh, and, and they and just stay out of the debate. And without them in in to fight it, that's that means it will pass. This is an invite. This is a shoot to kill bill. Shoot first, ask questions later. Bill a license to kill bill. Evidence in the states where it's put in shows that it it in, it increases homicides. And people get away with it just by saying they felt they were threatened because the dead person can't really respond. It's it has racial impact. Black people are more likely to be killed and more likely to be prosecuted than white people. Uh, it's just terrible law. That when when Ballinger was asked, could he cite a case in Arkansas where somebody had been unfairly prosecuted in the act of self defense? He said, "Well, his mom had told him about one she thought once." <laughs> That was the best they could do. It was, it was just a, it was a, it was expected and and really just as bad as I expected, but still sad to watch. And and it's a, and it's an indication. This is all. This is the agenda. And there'll be this kind of debate on abortion bills and in defeating the hate crime bill and and in doing all other kinds of horrors that are on this group's agenda because they're in control. And this is, by the way, a good moment to mention again what what a sort of amazing figure Senator Jim Hendren has become in the Republican Party. Senator Jim Hendren is a is a ex-fighter pilot, nobody's idea of a liberal by his voting record over the years, uh, has a, a pretty bad mark on his record of getting involved in this case of you know, using unpaid labor who were assigned from a drug rehab program at his business. But man, he's been saying some good things at the legislature. And he was, he voted against the stand your ground bill in the Senate Judiciary Committee. He brought up the fact of potential racial discrimination. He brought up the lack of evidence that it's useful in deterring crime. And 
he's thinking about running for governor in two years. Uh, and I guess, you know, I just don't think there's enough room in rational Republicans for somebody who's rational to win the Republican primary against the likes of Leslie Rutledge and Sarah Sanders and, and uh, Tim yep. Griffin. But so all the more reason, I don't know what his plan is. It might be that just Jim Hendren is doing what he thinks is right. And, and whatever's going on there, he deserves a tip of the hat. Yeah, does, uh, does uh, his uncle, Governor Hutchinson, going all in for him in, in the election, does that help any potentially? You know, I, I don't think so, really. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think there's just a lot of wash offs. Uh, I mean, Asa has a, a good enough. My my guess is he'll stay. He'd stay out of the race, uh, for that matter. Uh, despite the family connection, saying it just wouldn't be right because he has a political future and blah blah blah. And you know, I I I wouldn't expect him to go all out for him in any case. And the other thing is, and and although he should, because for whatever reason, he and Hendren have joined at the hip and and making a, a valiant, and I think it'll be a failed effort to pass a hate crimes bill. And, and Hendren said, said this, another thing that he deserves credit for is, is the opponents of this bill are trying to pitch it as some kind of religious freedom thing. And, and they try and say it's, and, and they dance around their real objection to it, which is it provides harsher penalties for people who commit crimes against people who are gay or, or transgender. And it's been made clear that if they take that protection out of the bill, the bill could pass. And Hendren said he ain't going to do it. He's not going to do it, that it's a, it's a non-starter for him. And, and I, you know, again, it's kind of an amazing uh, series of events involving Hendren. I, I've, uh, I've been hard on him a number of times in the past, but, man, I— I, I've talked to Democrats who say if, as they expect, there's either no Democratic candidate or one who's just a token candidate who's not going to win, they will vote in a Republican primary for the first time to vote for Hendrick. Yeah, well, that'll be interesting to watch. <laughs> and I think Hendrick would say, please don't advertise that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's move on. Uh, we're it's, it's rare that we talk about COVID uh, last, but that's where we are. Um, it's uh, vac vaccination is is now kind of the the focus. The the big news this week was that uh, Governor Hutchinson announced that the one B category or part of it at least uh, becomes eligible for uh, vaccination next week. That includes you. Yeah, that's good news and bad news because, number one, uh, the state doesn't have enough doses to handle the 400,000 people in that category anytime soon. And number two, uh, the the governor has, has, for whatever reason, refused to embark on mass vaccination efforts that some states have done using the National Guard or mass clinics or whatever. And uh, he's decided to let the private pharmacies handle it. And you know, they've got a hundred or so lined up. That's not enough. Uh, and, and they're in the unified state sign up system. You gotta, everybody's on their own to, to find a pharmacist that they can get in to see and get them on the phone. And some pharmacies have set up websites to schedule appointments, but they've been slammed by with people. And, 
they've been shut down and, and I mean, UAMS has started a clinic and that's a good thing, but, but they were overwhelmed with calls on the first day. Uh, there just wasn't the right kind of planning for this to get it done properly. And so, I mean, I, I have tried, I'm, I've been trying for three days to get an appointment and I can't, I can't get anything done. And so who knows, we'll see. Uh, but in any event, it, it's rolling along, but we also learned today that uh, the Trump administration, when they said we're going to release reserves that were being held back for second shots for the medical people getting the first shots, uh, turned out all the reserves are gone. There aren't any, so they're not going to be additional doses going out, although it doesn't really matter much in Arkansas since we're so slow in distributing. We've done a little better than some states, but but not not real great. I, I'm, it just so happens that, that I have people my age that I went to school with who live in Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, California, New York, and Louisiana, and they've all gotten shots. That's all I know. So my anecdotal evidence is we're failing. Yeah, well, and, and another anecdote I heard from, from two several different people about hospitals opening up without really advertising, sort of word of mouth, opening up vaccinations to any comers. And I know a number of people who just rushed out and got them. Uh, I know one specific place in North Little Rock that occurred. Yeah. And the word got out, and then they, they got slammed and then had to shut down. And, and you know, I, I understand why these places did it, because one of the problems is, is – a lot of healthcare people aren't taking the shots. There's suspicion about them. There's fear about them. There's a lot of reasons to go into it. So they've got these vaccines that are going to expire. So they're trying to give them out to people. I mean, UAMS uh, has opened it up for non-healthcare staff at their place because they got the doses and they got the means to give them. So as I say, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to point fingers at any one place except the state as a whole, it seems to me, has failed in implementing a plan that's getting as much vaccine out to as many people as possible, as quick as possible. Yeah. All right. Well, we will we will undoubtedly return to that in future weeks. Let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you got this week? Well, I. I want to endorse the fold. I, I went to get some takeout for that Mexican place and the takeout system worked exactly as described. First of all, you called and when you get there, they got a parking space. You call the server and say, I'm here after they tell you what time to come. And they brought it right out, but it's good. The street tacos were great. And they've got an appetizer there. That's kind of a takeoff on elote, the ears of corn they sell on the street in Mexico that they smear with mayonnaise and stuff. It's, kind of a deconstructed elote. It's sort of an appetizer where it's the corn's off the cob mixed with, I don't know, guacamole and all kinds of stuff. It's great. Anyway, I highly endorse the fold. But I took it upon myself to finally try and read a book. I can't stay up late at night to read a book, and I read all day long. But I, this is something I can't. But anyway, I decided to read a book called Love and the Blitz, and it's by a woman named Eileen Alexander. I have no idea. It was something my wife had bought. I have no idea how long it's been around or whether it's highly thought of or not. But there was some really intelligent woman. She was a, a top student in English at Oxford or Cambridge, I guess. And, and she had she was an inveterate letter writer and she had a great love affair with this guy, which I don't yet, they're going to get married. I think, I don't know if, in, if 
anything happens to interrupt that, I'm half the way through the book, but she, he preserved this trove of, I guess, thousands of letters and some relative of hers kind of went in the task of trying to, it's sort of a history of the war and the blitz and living through the bombing in London. And she's Jewish and being Jewish at that time and, and observations about British people and how they react during the war. And it's just, it's just kind of, it's just kind of fascinating. That's all. I don't know. It's, I, I can't, but World War II has always interested me and she, her writing is, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of high society in, in a way, but she's kind of funny and pretty insightful. And anyway, it's called, what did I say? It's called Love and the Blitz. It's good. Sounds good. Well, I've been staying up too late to read. Uh, last Yesterday, I, I put on some a couple port butts to smoke, and my timing was all off, and they weren't ready until 11, so I, I, I read. But thankfully, I'm reading a really good book, and I'm almost finished. It's the second in the Dublin Murder Squad series from Tana, or Tana, I don't know how you say her name, French. She's... Uh, she was born in the U.S., I believe, but but grew up in Ireland, and she writes these really moody, literate uh, detective novels that, yeah, I think that the deal is they have some characters in common, but usually it's a switch between the main characters. And so I'd read the first one and liked it pretty well, but didn't love it, but I really, really liked the second one. Um, it has the one of the detectives from the, the first the first book and uh you know it, the, the plot kind of opens up early on and i won't spoil it it is um it strains credulity <laughs> to say the least but you know she, she aside from that everything is is very seems very spot on and it's you know set in ireland and the wind is always whipping and it's cold and there are fires and it's just a nice cozy winter book no, oh, sounds good. I recommend that. And I also wanted to commend to folks, uh, for 2021, the Arkansas Times is embarking on monthly online themes uh, that we're going to tackle. And in January, we are writing about booze, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, all about booze. And we've got, it's called Drink, Drank, Drunk is the name of the series. And uh, you can find entries in it on our homepage, but, uh, there's been some, some really good stuff. And if you, if you land on one article, you can hit a tag and find the other really liked Stephanie Smittle's interview with, uh, Jason Amott. I may be butchering his name, the brewer behind Norfolk brewery brewing co, um, up in Baxter County and his story. He's a, a Tulsa based lawyer from New York state who, who stumbled onto the Norfolk fly fishing and, um, and then he has a chemistry background. And so he, he started brewing, but has a, has a, a really cool story. And, um, the beer, Stephanie, Stephanie says the beer is great. I just picked some up from colonial. I'm excited to try it. So anyway, check, check out drink, drink, drunk, and look forward to more things from the times. Is there, is, is, there, is, is there a dry you area, uh, entry? Uh, in fact, yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because my other favorite entry so far is a very smart uh, essay from my friend Colin Jorgensen, who's a literate attorney and who's been really active in um, 
in what do you call it the legal does it jlap the um legal alcoholic uh, assistant assistance program for lawyers who- uh-huh and he just sort of wrote about his his uh, alcoholism and sobriety and in a and in the context of the pandemic in a just very smart compassionate way and so i would commend that I, I, read, I read it it was good yeah all right well thanks thanks for listening all stay safe out there and we'll be back next week we'll see ya <laughs>